Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 7. The Bible says, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is by faith. Let us pray. Father, Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus, Lord, in the name of every name, Lord, that you'd move on this message this morning. Lord, I pray God is to bring a charge to the dads. Lord, I know it's also a charge to the moms. Lord, it's also a charge to the children. Lord, I ask you, dear God, to help us this morning. Let this word, uh, this message, this sermon minister to our hearts, minister to our church, minister to every individual family that's in the church today. Lord, I ask you, Lord God, to do this for your glory and honor. Lord, if there's one here today that is not saved, a dad that's lost and going to hell, I pray, Lord God, that you'd save their soul before it's everlasting too late. I beg you, in Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. The influence of a godly father, amen. I'll tell you what, I, I, I say this with all humility that I can give. My children has never seen me as a lost man. I was, I was saved about nine months before Hannah was birthed in this world. Have I been perfect? No. Have I made mistakes? Yes. Have I, have I sometimes let them down? I'm sure I have. But they have never seen me where I did not have the love of Christ in my heart. That I did not have a desire in my life to take and serve God in some way, whether it was in a little way or whether it was in a big way. My children have never seen me where I said, I don't think I'm saved. I don't know. No. Uh, they've always seen me uh, testify to the fact that I know, that I know, that I know that I'm born again, that God saved my soul. Amen. I give them a day. I give them an hour. I give them a place. I give them a reason to, to believe that their daddy is a born again child of God. I hope and pray that I've been an influence on their life. When my journey's over here and they have to be uh, without their dad, I hope that they can take the faith that I had and say, my daddy was a godly father, and I believe what he believed, and I'm going to carry on what he carried on. Amen. Noah was a godly father. Was he a perfect man? No. But he loved the Lord. He knew God. He respected God. He had a godly fear about him. You know, family unit today, we're in bad trouble in the land. Families are being fragmented by, by divorces and by death and by economics and, and, and by worldliness. Uh, families are under tremendous pressure today. Socially, uh, the family unit, which used to be a mom and a dad and children, no longer is the norm. It's all messed up. It's all messed up, amen. And, and economically, families are under a struggle because uh, families are in such pressure to, to keep up with what's going on in the world. 
we find ourselves being attacked uh, by, by the economics of this world. But, you know, not much has changed in, in several thousands of years. Uh, in the day of Noah, it was in the same state. The, the family uh, unit seemed to be decaying. Uh, it was uh, uh, per- present by a bunch of evilness and was present in it. And, and so what does the Bible have to say about this? Well, well about society and, and about families, look, look what it says. Well, I'll read it to you. In Genesis 6, um, chapter 6, verse 5 through 8, listen to what it's saying. And God saw the weakness of man, and it was great in the earth, and that every imagination of thought of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth. Man, that just breaks my heart. And it grieved him at his heart. Kind of goes along with your opening this morning, that brother Eddie. Amen. And the Lord said, I will destroy man who I have, have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping things and fowl of the air, for it repents me that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. See, he was a godly influence. They were evil continually. There was wickedness everywhere. There was so much rot and so much immorality. What they thought was right in their sight was right. It didn't matter what God thought. It didn't matter what the church thought. It didn't matter what, what godly nations thought. Our people say, I don't care what the rest. If I want to do it and it feels good, then I'm going to do it. Jesus said this, our Lord and Savior. He said, we know he was coming by the resemblance of the times of Noah. In Matthew 24, 37 through 39, it says, But as in the days of Noah, where so, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days there before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day of Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. As a father, Noah moved uh, with a godly fear. Amen. Listen, we need, dads, we need to have a godly fear. I know that you're under pressure. I know that, 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 that you don't want your kids to be ridiculed and things like that. But what do you want? You want to be saved? You want to know it's nailed down? Do you want to see them having fruits in their life for the Lord? Or do you just want them to be popular? you think for one minute when Noah started building that ark that his children were popular? No, they were ridiculed. They were made fun of. They were, they were saying, your daddy's a nut. That's right, amen. Your daddy's crazy. I'm sure that they took on a lot of pressure from the community. Amen. But Noah moved with a godly fear. Why? Because he caught a glimpse through God's uh, presence, amen, of what was coming. Amen. amen. Praise God. So this morning, I want to take a preaching message out of that Hebrews 11, verse number 7. I got most of my, my, my points from that. And I want you to look at it with me. I believe that, uh, that he had an influence to be a godly father because he believed God's warning. Amen. Dads, listen to me. You will never be a godly father. I mean, a real godly father if you don't take and believe the warnings that are written in this book. Amen. This right here is the authority. This right here is the truth. Amen. We'll believe that God has sent His Son, amen, to die for us, that His 
virgin, that he rose from the grave. But what about the end? We'll get so busy about doing everything under the sun other than being a, a godly father, being a godly example in our community, being a godly husband, being a godly friend, amen, being a godly church member. We'll take and forget he's coming. He's coming. Does that not shiver your soul that the Lord is coming back? And that it's your responsibility to make sure that you're building an ark for your house? Build an ark for your family. Build a sense of refuge that when they look at you, they find a godly fear in you, amen, because you've got a godly fear in God. And that he said, I've warned you, there's going to come a day when I'm going to shut the door and nobody else is going to get in it. Is all your loved ones in, the, in, the, in your ark? Do you believe in God? Do you believe God's warning? Amen. See, Noah wasn't persuaded by what others had to say. Amen. He believed God. Amen. Amen. I can get up here and preach till I'm blue in the face, and you don't have to believe a solitary word that I say. Amen. But if thou saith the Lord, Amen, you better believe it. It don't take priority over what the president says, what Congress says, what the Senate says, what a governor says. Amen. God says for you to be building an ark for your house, build a place of safety for your children, for your wife, for your grandkids. Amen. We're in a, sta- a sad state. It ought to alarm us, amen. It ought to tire our nerves up. It ought to be the thing that keeps you up at night. Am I doing good enough, God? Am I praying hard enough, God? Am I showing them how to read the Bible enough, God? Am I taking them to church, God? You know, I, I hear people all say, say, I was on drugs when I was raised up. Amen. I drugged the church and drugged the revival, drugged the youth meetings, amen. Listen, hey, them kids don't want to do it because they're in the flesh. But I've learned this through the years. Most of the time, after they've exhausted every effort to defy everything you try to do them, at the end of the day, they're glad that they have that check with you. They're glad that you are the doorstop. Amen. They're glad that, that there's a place where they get to. Amen. And they can say, I can blame Dad for this. I can just tell my friends I couldn't go because my dad was taking me. They really didn't want to go start with. They didn't want to go to that party. They didn't want to go to that place. They thought they wanted to go, but when they've exhausted everything, they, just, they can go, Dad was my safety net. Hmm. I'm talking about, listen, being a godly influence, amen, being a God, believing the warnings of God. The wages of sin is death. That's what happened that day. They all, he said, I repeat it. I repeat it. I even made them. He said he was grieved in his heart. And I see her secondly. You're going to be an influence of a godly father. You've got to believe God. You've got to believe the warning. And then Noah, he was moved with a godly fear. So he couldn't, hey, he could not casually just throw away God's message. So often preachers preach and Bible teachers teach and, 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 and people will go home and not even give a second thought of what was told to them. Good message, preacher. And then so often, as a pastor, so often I find myself canceling or being with people that just ignored the message that I preached several weeks before and their life's upside down because they didn't have a fear. They didn't have a God to fear. Well, God, he sent, he sent the preacher. He gave him a message. And the Holy Spirit was stirring him to speak on this subject. And, and, and then they said, well, that wasn't for me, I don't guess. 
you got to have a God of fear. When the Lord spoke to him that day, he could have said, you know, it really ain't never rained. What are you talking about? He said he moved with a God of fear because of, of things not yet seen. That's right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Listen, I'm talking about having a godly influence. Amen. You need to be a dad with a God. You need to move with fear. Amen. It, it, you go to revival meet, you go to church, you drag them to Sunday school. Amen. You, we, we have a youth event. Or we, we start a youth choir. You know, I'd love to get these young people in a, uh, even at this age, they probably couldn't remember more than two lines. You just have to, whoever does it, myself or somebody else, you just have to sing it for them. But I'd love to see them all stand up here with a mic in their hand. All right, moving around and squirming and jumping up and down on the step, getting them prepared that one day they can get in this choir as a young group of people about 10 to 15 or 20 years old and lay their head back and say glory to his name, glory to his name. But you know the only way I can do that if you have a godly fear that you know you don't know what it's going to be and it may not seem like your kids is really paying attention, but you're going to bring them anyway because you know that if you don't, they're probably going to be doing something else that's not seen yet. I'm talking about having an influence as a godly father. Amen. Listen, dissatisfaction will, will, will start a change. Are you Listen, are you really satisfied in the way that you're running your household today? Are there room for improvements? Amen. I can tell you this, I've been in it for, for several decades now. And I, like I said, my kids have never seen me lost. I've tried to serve the Lord, but there's always room in my life. Always room. Thirdly, Noah, Noah made provisions to save his family for the saving of, of, their, of their fleshly side. They, he made a, a, a way. He made a way. God told him to build an ark, an impossible challenge. Impossible! I'm telling you, he didn't just build it for him and his wife and his three sons and his three sons. But he said, I want you to take two of every creature on our way. Amen. Yeah. And you got to have a boat big enough, Noah, that y'all can live on it and all these animals can live on it and you can take bring the food they need on it because you're going to be on there for a while. Not yet seen. I mean, can you imagine this impossible task? He's got to build this ark. And, and, and where do you go to get help for something like that? Everybody's saying, you're not. And I don't know. I mean, I, I may miss it. And I'm pretty sure you may be able to straighten me out on it. When I read it, Noah was 500 years old. And then it said in the scripture there that he had three sons. Now, I don't know if he had three sons before he was 500 years old, but I believe he was after 500 years old. Then he had three sons. I don't know if they was triplets. I, I kind of feel like they might all been born pretty close together, one, two, three years in a row. But he was over 500 years, so he was, he was 503 years old at the minimum when them children was born, right? And before he was 600 years old, right at 600 years old, it flooded. So if he's going to use his boys to help him, and they're little old boys like this right here, little old babies like that right there. I mean, they got to get up probably, what, uh, 10, 12, 14, 15 years old to really be of any help, dragging logs and pitching in the cracks and, and all that stuff. So you can figure uh, that, that, that there, there's another 17 years probably went by from the first of life that he had any help. I see Miss Noah out there saying, Honey, I know God said I'm your help, mate, but wait for these boys to get big. Amen. 
pretty much assume that it was probably his immediate family that was building this ark. With the, with the help of the Holy Ghost, of course. God has very powerful hands. They've done supernatural things, okay? But it still took him less than 100 years to build that ark. That's what I'm getting at. But it was an impossible task. He worked on it for probably seven to eight decades. Okay? Seven, eight decades he was preparing this ark. It wasn't an overnight thing. It wasn't he went out there and snapped his finger and wheeled it into place. It took work for the saving of his house. And through that time, amen, he had to take and deal with the public. He had to deal with the kids probably not wanting to go. He had to deal with, with the wife, uh, uh, you know, not wanting to take and bring the stuff. I'm just sick and tired of this. What in the world? I have a fear for God, and i gotta, I got to save this house. And he told me to build this ark. It ain't never rained. Then again, she might have just been right on board. I don't know. But I'm just trying to put it there. Sometimes you have a conflict. Right? You've got to have a godly fear. If you're going to be a godly influence, you've got to have a godly fear, and you've got to build an ark for the saving of your house. Listen, your children might not get saved right away. They may make professions and they're not being saved. You've got to keep on working on it. Keep on having a godly fear about you. Keep on, keep on believing the waters of God. Keep on making provision to save your family. In other words, keep on coming to church. Amen. Feel guilty about it when you lay out, when you miss God's house, when you miss Sunday school. You know, you need to get them kids in Sunday school if they're not in Sunday school. Dad, you need to get them in Sunday school. Amen. Get them in here. We're in fellowship with these other kids, and these teachers can bring it down to their level and teach them God's Word. Amen. Well, they're too little. No, they're not too little. Trust God with it. Amen. We got a nursery back there for those that's uh, too little to be in a class like that, but they talk about the things of the Lord and now with them little kids. And then we got these over there about this tall running around. Chloe needs a, a, a couple of roommates in there, some classmates in there. Amen. Get them in there. Dad! Get them in it. Teach them God's word. Drag them on into church. I don't want to go. Come on into church with them. I'm talking about being a godly influence. If you don't come, then you're teaching your children that, you know, I'm just going to make him a God of convenience. When I feel like it, I go. When I don't feel, I had a man tell me that just a few weeks ago. Well, I, preacher, when I feel like coming, I'll come. I said, well, don't come. I ain't going to call you no more. He said, I wouldn't say that. Well, you ain't me. You ain't me. I'm tired of putting sugar on stuff. Well, he sure miss you and all that stuff, and I do that for a while, and after a while, they done made their mind up, so I give them a little tough love. Amen. That's just the way it is. I want everybody to know that to be a godly father, you've got to be making up in your mind. I can't be the father of your children. Amen. I can't be the husband of your wife. I don't want to be the father of your children or the husband of your wife. I want you to. I want you to take what God gives me and you implement it in your family. Amen. Hey, I'm talking about Noah. He, had, he believed the warning of God. He had a godly fear. He was in it the saving of his house. He was a leader in his home. And sometimes that means that you're not always going to be the most popular person in your home. 
I tell you what, I got two girls and a boy, and I know. I know all about that stuff. You got to make those decisions, and they don't understand. And, and a lot of times, you don't even understand. You just know they can't do it. You just can't explain, no. Right. I ain't got no peace about it. Amen. Amen. And no, you're not going to go with that person. You're not going to stay that night. You're not going to go over there to that. No. Why? I don't know why. I just think. Amen. I ain't got to explain myself. I, I, I move with the God in my heart. And I just obeyed the Lord. If I don't feel peace about it, it don't happen. Amen. Then when I feel peace about it, I may be right behind you wherever you go. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then fourthly, you're going to be a godly father. Amen. You need to be uh, making provisions for the saving of your house. And it's going to take a while. Seventy plus, eighty plus years, Noah built on that ark. But Noah, he condemned the world while he was doing that. The Bible said here, and he said, uh, by, which the, by which he condemned the world. You see that? He prepared a house, an uh, ark he saved for to save his house. And it said and here in verse number 7, uh, by, the, uh, by the which he condemned the world. What about that? See, the stand he took, the concern he had, was actually a warning message to others around him. You will never understand how much influence you have on people. Amen. One of the things that really blesses my heart through the years, even before I ever was a pastor, even before I was ever a deacon of a church, is when people would call on you unexpectedly and say, Brother, would you pray? Jimmy, would you pray? Would you pray just out of nowhere, ask you to pray? See what that is. And they wouldn't even give you the time of day, really, up to that point. And they needed something in their life. Where'd they go? The, the old story about Granny. Y'all have heard that. The old story about Granny. Every day she'd bring her Bible to the school and, and she'd pray over her food. She wore the Christian clothes and all that stuff. You know, uh, and, and then a storm came. And, and, and they, after ridiculing her for all them years, when the storm, when the tornado was bearing down on the school, and it was out in the hall with her head between her legs, they all ran around Granny and said, Granny, pray for us! Pray for us! Pray for us! Yeah, she took them over the long dresses and the, all that to school, and they nicknamed her Granny. Because she reminded her of their Granny praying and reading her Bible and all that stuff. It's good whenever you got that influence over them. Amen. When you live for the Lord, I mean truly live for the Lord, you will have an influence. You may you're 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 broadcasting a warning to all this around you that you're heading down, as May Jack has said with the hammer down. Amen. Amen. The Bible says if you're going to take and condemn the world, then you need to be salt. Noah was a salty man. Amen. In Matthew 5, 13, it says, And ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? Now listen. It's good for nothing. That's what it says. What does salt do? Salt cures. Salt seasons. Salt purifies. Amen. Salt does a number of things. And we're to be the salt, amen. Whenever salt's put in, I'll tell you this. Whenever you use salt, you got to cut 
and you get salt in that, you know, immediately, I got salt in my wound. Boy, that thing goes to burning. Amen. You go eat a motor sandwich and you bite into it, you say, Lisa, you didn't put enough salt on this. I like my motor sandwiches salty. Well, I use that low-sodium salt. It's lost its savor. Amen. Then it tells us also in the same scripture in verse number 14, five, Matthew 5, 14. It says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men put a, a light under a candle, but put it under a... Uh, Neither do men put a candle and put it under a, a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it gives light to all that are in the house. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So we see salt and we see light. Amen. God says you need to be the light of the world. You need to condemn. Hey, what does light do? Light exposes whatever's around you. Amen. Salt will cure. Salt will purify. Salt will heal. Amen. And, and we're to be salty Christians. And we're to be illuminating Christians. Amen. Children of God. We need to be like Noah, fathers. Amen. You need to be the light in your home. Amen. Amen. His righteousness was a, a, a message to others. You may think you're not making an impact on others, but if you're living for the Lord, you're going to make people uncomfortable. It might be in your house. It might be in your home. But I sure am glad that Noah, nowhere in the Bible can I find where Noah took a day off to build that ark. He didn't know what day he was going to take and make it flood. He didn't know. Lord didn't say when you turn 600, I'm going to make it flood. He didn't say that. He said, build an ark. He said, I'm going to destroy this world. Amen. He tells us in the Word of God, he said, he said what? Why? It's still daylight. He said, I'll tell you what. There's going to come a time when you can't do it. I'm going to come back and get you. I'm going to shut the door. But he didn't give us a date, did he? He didn't give us the year, did he? And we've got to live every day looking at the clouds, wondering if the bottom's going to fall out of it, amen. Wondering if the Lord's going to come back, and then our children are going to die and go to hell. I mean, I mean, he said, well, my family's all saved. Great. I used to say that, too. I thought all my kids were saved, all my son-in-laws were saved. And then they go to having kids. I'll tell you what, I was praying. I, I, I mean, it's selfish prayer. I know God didn't hear none of it. But I was praying, Lord, come quickly. Why are they in your hands? Why are they in the carry hands? Why are they don't have to make no decision? We'll still all go to heaven together. Amen. <laughs> and then they get up seven years old. And, oh, Lord, have mercy. Now we've got to make sure they're right. So got to keep on building. Got to keep on building, Cliff. Amen. So, got to keep on building. Build that ark of safety, that ark of salvation. Keep on building. There's no stopping place. The God shuts the door. We got to keep on making us place of safety, an ark of safety. Amen. Then I see here, lastly, it tells us here in our scripture, it says, it condemned the world and became heirs of righteousness, which is by faith. Noah received an inheritance. His commitment to his family, 
his commitment to what God told him gained him something more valuable than silver or gold. He had the satisfaction of knowing that all his family was in the ark. That all his family was safe from the ravaging flood that was coming. The judgment of God, they was on the inside. Amen. God didn't say, all right, Noah, go in. He didn't say, go in. He said, come in. You know what that tells me? That tells me that the Lord was already in there. Hey, if I'm on the outside, if I'm on the outside, I say, Brother Dean, go on in there and make yourself at home. But if I'm on the inside, I say, Brother Dean, come on in. Make yourself at home. When he shut the door, guess who was in there with him? Amen. Amen. Well, the Lord was in there with him. His spirit was in there with him. And they were in there in the arms and the hands of an almighty God. We talked about this the other day. That boat couldn't have went down if it wanted to, praise God. The Lord was in the ship with him. Woo, glory to God. He had something uh, more valuable than silver or gold. He had all his family safe in the ark. Amen. He experienced the fulfillment of giving his sons and his daughters, uh, uh, daughter-in-laws, something. Amen. That was eternal. Amen. Bible says in Matthew 6, verses 19 and 20, Lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, where moths and rust doth corrupt, and whereas thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moths nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. When I read that scripture, many times we think about crowns, rewards, things we do. God's going to give us a little payday for it, right? But if you think about it, dads, your most valuable thing that you'll ever have is that wife of yours. And when you become one flesh, you had a baby. That baby's part you and part her. And he said that you lay up for yourself a treasure in heaven. I don't know of any greater treasure than to know that your children's in heaven. Amen. To know that your spouse Amen. is in heaven. Amen. Listen, we get so caught up. Hey, we get so caught up on stuff. You know, yeah, we we don't get crowned for doing a good job for the Lord and serving the Lord well and those things. But really and truly, if you didn't get a crown, if you just get them children in there, if you just been faithful to God, He's going to give you those things anyway. Amen. What is the treasure that you're trying to put up in heaven? Is it stuff? Or is it these little fellas? Is it stuff? Or Lisa, was it your husband that was lost and going to hell and God saved your soul and you see me going, you see me going. Them prayer books she wrote, those things she wrote down in that book about me. God, save his soul, save his soul. He don't know what he's doing. What were you laying up Or Was you trying to get a crown or was you trying to get me in heaven? Amen. You got me there. I got a crown. You, put up, you got me forever. God help you. Amen. Serving God to the end, Dad, it does pay full benefits. Amen. Amen. Keep your eyes on the prize. 
Amen. This trivial stuff, it'll all pass away. Amen. It'll all pass away. So attention, Father. Amen. Are you building it? Are you getting it? Do you get it? Has the Holy Spirit moved on your heart today that you are responsible for that family? And you are responsible, amen. Train them children up. Guide them children. Direct them children. Keep them in church. Keep them in the Word of God. Keep them under your wing as long as you can, serving God. Amen. There's a storm coming. There's a storm coming called a tribulation. And if they're not on your ark of safety, your ark of salvation, they'll get swallowed up and drowned in the wrath of God. Amen. Prepare your house for the coming of the Lord. Let us stand. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that you'd move on every dad's heart here, every grandpa's heart. Lord, I pray that you'd help us, Lord God, to build our ark of safety, our ark of salvation, that we'd take the leadership role. Lord, hone it, tune it in, Lord God. We, we all got a learning curve. We got places in our life that we could take and do better in. I pray touch them and help them, Lord. Sister Karen's going to play us a piano number, Bo. Amen. All right. These altars are open. Would you like to grab them children and come get in the altar and pray over them? Would you like to get your wife and children and find your place in the church and just, and just be the head of that house and thank God for them? Are you saved this morning, Dad? Do you know the Lord? I mean, do you know the Lord? be a good day to get saved. I'll say this too while I'm still preaching. Children, Noah built that ark of safety. But I didn't find nowhere on there, nowhere in the book, the Word of God, where Noah dragged the first one on the boat. They come of their own free accord. They followed the example of their godly father. Quit bucking him. Quit cussing him. Quit hurting him. And follow your godly father. I hope all your children are saved. If you're unsure about it, won't you just ask him? He may tell you a lie. Yeah, you know I'm saved. But I'll tell you what it'll do. It'll turn on that Holy Spirit that, that moves. Amen. Why don't you think I'm saved? Well, is the fruit in your life, son? Daughter? There's just something missing, it seems. Ask them what happens there. The Holy Spirit brings conviction. Oh, they get mad. But I'd rather be mad at me for a day or two. And God work on them than they come up to me in the wee hours of the moment knocking on the door and say, Daddy, Daddy, can you take the Bible and show me how to be saved? 